And so we have to go through the darkness in order to claim the treasure. And, and looking at an astrology chart will help you determine where, where are you right now? What initiation are you going through in your life? What is the invitation to growth? And how can I help you? How can I help you help yourself? This is The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi, mushroom queen, AHCC educator, and culinary nutrition expert. I am quite obsessed with providing the unique knowledge for those that want to prevent disease in their body, in their mind, and in their relationships. If that's you, then you are in the exact right place, my love. Let's go take the medicine. Hello, hello, my babes, my disease-preventing loves. I am so excited to bring you this episode today. So I'm sure like many of you, I grew up in a very conservative religious home. I went to a private school my whole life, and I had a great childhood, but I remember hearing about certain things, things of this world, quote unquote, and being taught either by teachers or by parents that these things were just off limits and inherently bad or wrong things like marijuana or crystals or astrology, like you name it. Um, So I grew up and went into my 20s maintaining most of these beliefs. It was just easier for me to just keep assuming that those things were wrong or bad rather than talk to a live human about them and figure it out for myself. Well, fast forward to me at 31 now, I have the pleasure and blessing to meet talk to and interview so many different types of wonderful people who do amazing things in this world. And uh, love and simply just helping people is always at the core of their work. This has all really just helped expand my horizons and helped me let go of the assumptions and misjudgments that I carried earlier in my life. Our guest today, Adrian Abeta, is one of these wonderful people. Adrian has a degree in religious studies, is a certified life coach specializing in addiction and recovery and spiritual counseling. She's also a professional psychodynamic astrologer. She is legit, you guys. Adrian says she is deeply curious about the nature of humankind and believes that in the absence of observation, there is a lack of meaning to reality. Through her own process of self-discovery, she's developed a passion for assisting others by way of exploring universal principles and psycho-spiritual concepts. She is committed to serving others in their process of self-discovery. She offers encouragement, unconditional acceptance, and insight. And she definitely did this with us. Chase and I first met Adrian a few months ago through mutual friends. We were immediately drawn to her presence and energy, and we could just see that she was a phenomenal person. After we had the pleasure of working personally with her, we knew we had to get her on the medicine. So I invite you to let go of whatever you think you know about astrology as we dive into today's interview. Adrian is truly one of the most well-spoken, dynamic people I know, and we are so blessed to be a vessel for her gift to the world. When you're done listening, hit that little arrow button and send to someone you love. We appreciate every share so much. 
All right. Enjoy, my loves. Welcome, Adrian, to The Medicine. We are so happy to have you. And also, welcome to Coronado. Thanks for making the trip. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Um, so it's both of us today. We, we get the pleasure of interviewing our good mm. friend, Adrian. Um, Such medicine. Such <laughs> medicine. And this is actually, we've been planning this interview for a while now. I feel like we connected a few months back and literally from the first meeting of you, uh, Chase and I, we got in the car that night and we were like, we need to get her on the medicine. <laughs> and I was we so... We need to get her in our life. Right, seriously. And then on the podcast. Yeah, right. And uh, we were just so impressed mm. by you. And, and um, you just have this wonderful glow about you that's both strong and steady and also just like bright and joyful and inviting. Oh. And I think that that's really rare. And That's awesome. You just described my sun moon blend. I'm a, a oh Virgo, right. which is strong and steady. <laughs> and what did you say? Bright and shiny from my Sagittarius <laughs> yeah. moon. Thank you. Su such you see safety. me. I feel seen. Yeah. Such safety. Mm. We were in a ceremonial setting, which gets quite vulnerable at times. Mm. And even though we didn't know you, I'm using mm -hmm. air quotes. Yeah. Um, I felt secure and safe even mm -hmm. as a, you know, as a masculine, as a man. Um, and I think the whole group felt that as well. And yeah. oh, amazing. Yeah. It was, it's Thank like, you equal parts when you have a um you know adrian was uh, one of the beautiful facilitators of this ceremony that chase and i were in and uh, we were a part of and when you have someone that is um, equal parts like providing safety as a stranger really mm -hmm. and also like inspiring mm -hmm. by the energy that they give mm -hmm. which is like probably i would assume the most beautiful combination that you could have for a, a facilitator so you you're just like absolutely um, shining your gifts mm -hmm. upon the world. And Thank I, you so much. We are so happy to be um, receivers of those yes. gifts. And we hope to give our listeners um, some of those gifts and, and shine some light on you. Um, I want to jump into all things kind of um, entry to astrology and how it, how it can benefit us. And, and do we really need to know our sign and, mm -hmm. and all these things that I've, I've kind of wondered about. What is it besides what used to be newspaper clippings? Yes. Yeah. And now it's just like Instagram <laughs> art, right? But yeah. first, mm -hmm. before we jump into all of that, the first question that we ask every guest is what do you love in your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift to every human? Yeah, that's, I want to say everything. I love everything about my life because mm -hmm. I've designed it that way. But I suppose, um, I, I think it's my work. I think, honestly, that's probably what one of the biggest things that I love the most because I would do it for free if mm. life didn't require, you know, paying mortgages and, yeah. you know, making <laughs> money and such. And I think I would gift it to everyone. And that's what I do now. I think that what I have, um, what I've learned about myself and how I'm able to give that back to others, um, that that's the thing that I love the most and that it just keeps growing and expanding. Mm. It's never ending. And mm. so I think that's probably one of my greatest joys. Um, and then I think my, just my compassion and love for beings. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's felt, um, for sure. And I love what you said, like, I've created it. Mm -hmm. Like I've created my life. I've designed yes. my life the way that I want. It was intentional. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that so much. It's something that we talk about all the time that life doesn't just happen to us. 
we are creating it whether we know it or not. Yes. Whether we choose to believe that or not, yes. we are creating it. Similar to like gravity exists whether we believe in it or not. Very good. We are creating our life, our career, yeah. our relationships, whether we know it or not. And so I, I, I love that. And, and I love that. What would you do for free? Mm-hmm. Even if this world, mm-hmm. you know, didn't or like wasn't wasn't set up in a way that you sort of had to make money. Yes. What would you do anyway? Yeah. I'm definitely going to take that question into uh, my actions in life yeah. and go, would I do this? Yeah. <laughs> would I actually do this for free? And then double down on those things that I would. I love that. Yeah. That's the like perfect trifecta, right? Is like finding something that you love so much that you would do it for free. Yes. If, if you didn't have to, and also, you know, solving a problem for someone in the world mm-hmm. and something that someone's willing to pay you for, mm-hmm. like that's the perfect trifecta. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Um, f- unfortunately, that's not, I don't think what we're taught <laughs> in school no. young. It's like, it's, it's mainly one of those things. Yeah. What can you get, right. what can you get paid for? Right. And not in this culture. I think this culture is brought mm. up to, you know, seek externals and success is often measured by money and status, you know, but in older cultures, I mean, what you are going to do in the world was who you are mm. as a child. So there were natural gifts that people saw and then when people were older and they did those things in the world and they could have been the most mundane things, but they did it with joy because they were seen mm. yeah. and they were supported by the communities that saw them for who they are and what they do. Mm. I don't think our culture teaches us that. No, isn't no. that funny that success is always like status and money? Yeah. Always. Yeah. Um, and like you, like you said, it's, it's our culture. But like if you talked to most people that you know, just in kind of like even your circle or, or extended – and you talk about successful people, mm-hmm. it's usually like, boom, Silicon Valley, business owners, executives, like that, those would be yeah. successful people. Right. Yeah. Um, but the, but, people but that the person lump- who's just like happy AF and, and, <laughs> and maybe has a very modest, um, like material accumulation of things in life, uh, maybe wouldn't immediately fall into that bucket of successful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy to think how the world would change if we were measured by our true like happiness in our life um versus how much you know that 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 digital external validation that i'm still waiting for the happiness tracker uh app yeah (laughs) we'll see what happens (laughs) um i am so curious about you as Mm -hmm. a a person Mm -hmm. we've we've obviously known you for a little bit now but um, it's, it's been more of this, like you're giving to us or, or providing the space for us. We got a chance to, um, work with Adrian, you guys, um, recently two on one, we went mm-hmm. for a, um, remind me of the term you use couples. Oh yeah. It's compatibility, compatibility, mm-hmm. compatibility session, but it's a couple's yeah. reading. Yeah. Astrology reading. And mm-hmm. that was a first for us. We, I, I've never had anyone, read uh, any sort of chart to me I knew like really nothing other than like I'm a Leo yeah and it was such a beautiful experience of course there were tears there was lots of laughing there was all the things and um we we were in that space you were holding space for us but I am so curious about you as a person and I would love to hear from you how did you get into how did you become aware of and passionate about what you do in the world now and and if you could shed some light on what it is that you do in the world that'd be great yeah sure I think I um I mean what I do in the world is I I give of who I am um I'm a seer 
So I see people and um, I see through, I think, the pretense and the ego that people present, what myself included, we all do. It's how we exist in the world. And I think as a young child, it was something uh, innately, I think all children are really aware of other people's energy. We are conditioned out of that um, through school, through peer pressure. But I think as a child, that was something that um, I really honed in. And often the story um, includes that I didn't have the best childhood growing up. Um, I was born and raised by parents who were both heroin addicts. Mm. And so my childhood was sort of wrought with a lot of, um, well, what comes along with that? A a lot of of difficulties. And Mm. there was was a lot that a young child shouldn't have to contend with. But I was always really happy and joyful and um, interested, just so curious about people. Um, I think that children that are that don't get a lot of attention learn to read the subtleties. Mm-hmm. And so constantly reading the subtleties around me um, taught me how to hone my intuition, taught me how to hone my instincts. And then I think that, um, you know, trying to figure things out, you know, uh, astrology is a really interesting system in that I mean, you're, you're basically analyzing people. You're analyzing characteristics and traits of others. And being a Virgo, that's already something innately that I do. And I often say that with astrology, it's nature and nurture. So, you know, my, my nature is that I'm curious about understanding the human condition and people and why they do what they do. And my nurture was such that I had to in, in, as a state of survival, that I needed to do that in order to, um, to feel safe. And so I think growing up, that was something that, and I was always interested in astrology from the time that I was little and in the news clippings as you said (laughs) it felt um it it just I don't know it felt familiar you Mm -hmm. know and as I got a little bit older as a teenager I would just guess people's signs it was kind of something that I just would do I wasn't always right but you know I, I still was very interested in it read a bunch of books and um started learning as much as I could and then you'll like this because it's a love story (laughs) Uh, So when I was probably about uh, 21 or 22, I had taught myself as much as I possibly could. Astrology is a very complex system. And there's the basics that are, you know, fairly easy. Anybody can learn it if you really study. But then it gets really complex and um, geometrical. And I was at um, a metaphysical store in San Diego. I don't know that it's still here called the Controversial Bookstore. Mm. And I was hoping for some kind of a teacher. And I shit you not, all of a sudden something fell out on the ground and it said, so you want to learn astrology? (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, yeah, thank you. Like divine timing. And and at the time I was also, um, I was introduced to tarot and that I knew I had to do. And so... The, the tarot and the astrology metaphysics came together in a way that it was like, I, this is what I meant to do with my life. And I should say, I, I had a daughter when I was 20, so I was really young. Uh, I dropped out of college, and I had always wanted to be like a nurse or a therapist or a veterinarian. So again, that innate part of me mm-hmm. wanted to help and wanted to heal and wanted to be a part of. So now fast forward, I find this flyer and I call it and I'm like, hello. And this is like back in the day where there were like telephones, right? It wasn't, <laughs> wasn't even cell phones. And I call and I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, hi, I, I, I want to learn astrology. And I saw that the class was offered the week before. And so I said, uh, the, the man that answered the phone, he was, and I was all prepared to be like, I'm really smart. It's all right if I already missed a class. I probably already know all of that. And he was like, actually, it starts tonight. We, it's post, it was postponed. So I show up and um, I meet this gentleman, these two gentlemen. 
And I see this, the one from across the distance, and he's this really big, towering person. And he became my teacher. And he, I started learning astrology and understanding, filling in the places that, that I couldn't. I then learned through another master astrologer, which was his teacher. So this, he had an institute at the time called um, the California Institute for Open Studies. And it was metaphysics and it was alternative. Mm -hmm. And again, this was about 20 years ago, I think. Yeah, actually, this month will be 20 years ago that I took okay. this class. Mm -hmm. And so 20 years ago was very different here. You know, it, it wasn't like Facebook and things like that. People actually gathered mm -hmm. and they got together and we would have these public talks and things on metaphysics. So I coupled with him and started teaching the facet of numerology and tarot for this school. And we became really good friends and he mentored me. Um, and I was in a relationship at the time, and the person I was with was from England. So I would travel to England, and I started reading tarot cards there. And metaphysics is far more um, accepted. It's part of the culture there, mm. whereas for here, it's it's sort of, um, it's it's just a, it's, what is the word I'm looking for? It's kind of fringe. Yeah, it's kind of fringe, right? And it, and it's just kind of cool, right? Yeah. So I was honing my, my skills and such. Um, anyway, the, the boyfriend and me ended after five years, and my teacher, um, best friend then became my lover mm. and we've been together for about 15 years now. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so we, we, there was that connection uh, from the very beginning, yeah. from the moment that I walked in, uh, we, we knew that that was meant to be, it just took us a few years mm. to get there. Uh, and so that was something then that I started to develop. I went to back to school. I, um, got a degree in religious studies because I'm really interested in myth and in different forms of mm. religion. Um, I became, um, an addiction counselor. So psychology, metaphysics, um, Buddhism, I had a yoga teacher training. So just really steeped in all yeah. of this symbolism wow. and that over time, I got my coaching, um, credential NLP, all of these things just to help legitimize me. Because the thing was, is that I was in my twenties at the time and, you know, people don't take 20 year olds seriously. Right. And now being on the other side of that, I can understand why yeah. <laughs> I sometimes have that, you know, prejudice myself where as a, you know, 20 something at that time being, um, this pre priestess as I was and, and having all these secrets and wisdom, people didn't really take me seriously until they sat down with me. Mm. And then it was like, how does this like 20 something know to speak to this level of, of my being? And what was really cool is that over the years, more experience means more wisdom. Mm. And so all this knowledge that mm. I had was just that it was knowledge until it became constellated into wisdom mm. through my experiences. And so, I, I mean, that's the other thing that I love about what I do is it continues to build and grow. Yeah. I have a hard time saying that I'm an expert in anything because I don't want the ceiling yeah. to end there. Sure. Right. You create the ceiling exactly. when you call yourself an expert. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So that's, that's the snapshot. Such, you bring up such a great point, especially right now in kind of this like wave of the psychedelic movement. People having a, a psychedelic experience, whether it be through, you know, breath work or um even even a psychedelic substance like mushrooms or ayahuasca dmt and they come away like they're a wizard like they have all the answers just because they've had a you know mystical experience mm -hmm. and it seems like your the context you were able to accumulate through study and through um you know your real work that you put in has allowed you much more of like in the ability to interpret mystical experiences, mm -hmm. whether it be through breath work or through meditation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like so many people have the experience and don't have the resources to put 
correct like articulation or language yeah. to it. That's what I was going to say. It's like, it's almost like a different language that you've mm-hmm. learned and kind of taught yourself. Yes. And then, and, and, and you speak with people and you don't, they don't even know that you're like speaking it with them. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I totally yeah. get what you're saying. Um, I think that that, I, I love your story and I love that you knew from such a young mm-hmm. age. It's, it, which makes me believe so when, when I talk to people like mm-hmm. you and you, you have this knowing from a young age, mm-hmm. it makes me like put stuff and put even more stock into like, this might not be our only life, mm-hmm. right? Like previous mm-hmm. lives of where you've learned and you have these gifts, mm-hmm. these innate gifts that like, it only took you four or five, 10 years, maybe mm-hmm. a- as a young child to be like, Oh, this is, this is what I'm supposed to mm-hmm. do. This is what I'm good at. Yeah. Even amidst very, I w- it sounds like a difficult kind of upbringing in yeah. childhood. It's like almost like this was a, it, it seems like, and I don't want to speak for you, but this was like a, a tether to like something, something past your, your 3d experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it was my, um, my dad who, so my, my parents actually both died when I was really young. Well, mm-hmm. my, my dad, my mom, my mom and my dad split and my dad then became too to try to remedy the um, addiction, he became really involved in the Christian church. Mm. And so then I became really involved in the Christian church. And anything steeped of myth or story, I love. But they didn't love me in the Christian church because I questioned everything. Mm. Because there were so many contradictions and so much hypocrisy that it just didn't make sense to me. Oh, I feel you. Yeah. (laughs) And so oftentimes at Sunday school, like they'd go and get my dad and be like, you know, she just won't shut up over there. (laughs) And then they would, I remember, I'm really competitive. There was like um, Bible study trivia. And and I mean, I knew the Bible inside out. So like, I, I just wanted to win the trivia. <laughs> so I <laughs> yeah. knew all the, but that was a problem because I knew all I could, you know, quote scripture and all of that. I could use it against what was being said. Mm-hmm. And so my dad was a wonderful, wonderful, I had a wonderful dad, despite, you know, his own failings. And he, he died when I was, um, the day before I turned 17. And mm-hmm. so I say that with that was when I broke up with God. Like, oh, you wow. know, if God could let my father, who was such a good person, you know, after all the prayer and that, that was my spiritual crisis. My first spiritual crisis was mm. like, okay, well, you know, n- no more God, me and you, we're, we're mm. done. And I think then I started to really get interested in, um, you know, spirituality. I say with air quotes as well, because because Christianity and any religion is spiritual as well. Um, but I got to, I began to explore other avenues. Mm. And I remember there was a, um, and then uh, my mom shortly passed a few years later as well. And there was a hospice nurse that gave us a book called uh, Many Lives, Many Masters. Mm. You ever read that? I've heard of it. Yeah, it's it's usually at the beginning. It's the catalyst for a lot of people's journeys okay. outside of organized religion. And that just blew my mind. And so from that, that's where, you know, this quest, this search to understand the mystical experience mm. came. And so I think to what you were saying too, Mimi, that the language is so rich where I think that, um, you know, scripture oftentimes they're, they're allegories, right? And so you can, you can read into that in mm-hmm. so many ways. And, you know, Jesus is absolutely an avatar just as, as Buddha is and understanding yeah. the allegories when you learn the the language of the tarot cards or you learn the archetypal language of astrology, you have this language that every human experience can be described Mm -hmm. in. So Mm -hmm. I love that you said that it it does give a language that, you know, I can make sense of the world. Mm -hmm. It's like a different sense. Exactly. 
Exactly. Or, or, you know, we're learning about like neuroplasticity. It's like you've almost like created a, a, a part of your brain to be neuroplastic where you can do or sense things that other people can't because you've created, because you've spent the time and mm-hmm. in, in the stars and in, in many different types of myth and religion. Yeah. And, and you have a very broad, vast treasure chest yeah. to, to give to the world. It's yeah. not just one path. It's right. not just one way of, of seeing, not just one filter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're so limited by the alphabet. You know, oh, yeah. and, and the words, the words. that come from mm-hmm. it. Um, especially the English language. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, right? And, and, and espe- I know, especially when you when you look at it compared to something like Aramaic, which is mm-hmm. so beautifully mm-hmm. um, ceremonial, and yeah. you get that experiential knowledge, yeah. that that feeling of emotion, that is just an immediate download of something that you can't mm-hmm. articulate. I think the use of archetypes is similar. Once you understand them, you still can't even articulate them in the English language. You're just like it just is it just works um the the king the magician the lover for for me in in the masculine like the description of those is only real because i've felt them seen them or know that they're completely true Mm. and and innate within me Mm -hmm. um you embody them yes archetypes are meant to be embodied felt experiences it's like those are the actual like real truths the only truths that we could we could say like Yes, this is true because it keeps showing up. It keeps popping up throughout history, right. no matter what. These right. archetypes, these yes. symbols, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or you see the you hear you hear the description of the out of balance version of one of those. You mm-hmm. know, the tyrant prince, and you're like, shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my god, I've been that guy. Yeah, I love that. Good. It's good that you've been that guy. That's <laughs> and that's what you know. Our archetypes are are neither good nor bad. Yeah. And that's what these languages also give us is it takes us out of the duality of mm-hmm. this or that or good or bad and it just is yeah and I think that understanding um, you know astrology and, and tarot and all of these different systems it it also and, and that's one of the gifts I wish I could give to the world too is paradox is mm-hmm. that you understand that you know everything is and it isn't right. you know and that both can be true at the same time and, and it, it would help us as individuals and as souls evolving that if we weren't ashamed of something bad or if we didn't have to hide or, or, or compensate there would be such a level of acceptance and yeah. I think that our our collective would probably evolve at a much faster rate than mm-hmm. it does now. If we weren't trying to kill, kill, kill exactly. our shadow or the mm-hmm. darkness or the bad quote unquote parts yeah. of us. Yeah. I definitely had that. I was speaking with a friend this week about it, that I had this misconception when, when we got back together that I had to kill the parts of me that, that, um, went wrong in our relationship, right? The, the parts of me that I, that I really didn't like, that I knew were quote unquote bad, I needed to show up to kill those parts of me every single day to, so that I could step into the lightness and the goodness and the kindness yeah. and all of the, the, you know, this end of the spectrum things when really like those selves, those parts of me are parts of me and they deserve a seat at the table. Yeah. I don't have to choose them, yeah. but just allowing them to be seen, getting them out of the shadow almost, like getting your shadow out of the shadow, which is kind of weird. But that's how I picture it is like, you can have a seat at the table too. I'm not going to choose you today, but you can be there. And I think that that's a much healthier way to go about accepting different selves and different parts of you um, that, that, want to be seen at different parts in your life. Absolutely. And the, and the one thing that we can count on, as they say, right, the one thing that is consistent is change and, yeah. and change actually is death. 
the one thing mm-hmm. that we know mm-hmm. for sure that is going to meet us on our yeah. last exhale is death. And so we don't actually need to kill the parts because they're going to die on their own. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. It's, it's actually the opposite. We hold on <coughs> to other parts, sometimes mm-hmm. at the expense of allowing life to happen. And so, you know, the archetype of, of death and, you know, the archetype of the planet Pluto, that's what helps us, you know, the integration of the shadow is not one that, that needs any help. It just needs consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. And consciousness is light mm-hmm. and it, it is understanding, but it's the kind of light that is I- accepting of all, not yeah. I'll just take this piece and, and that part I'll, I'll save for later. That's where I really felt my own self-love shift. Yeah. My capacity for self-love was when I actually embraced the darkness, the shame, the guilt, the shadow yes. that exists in me. And, um, it's a weird, it's a, it's a weird thing to try to explain. We're limited with words. Like it's, it's more of just, I feel it in me. I feel the switch, um, versus being able to, um, you know, put, put meaning and put words to it. But if, if anyone has experienced that, I think you'll know what I mean is like, it raises the ceiling. We're talking about ceilings. It raises the ceiling on your self love capacity when you accept those parts. Totally. And I think, you know, you, it allows you to be present in the world in a way that you can feel that kind of presence in others. It's embodied. And you can also feel where people are fragmented as well. And, you know, we are, we have an animal nature. We sniff that stuff out. Totally. And we know it and we feel it and we gravitate toward the light or we gravitate toward the darkness. Hey, Boo Thing. All right. We got to talk about the G word, glyphosate, also known as Roundup. You know that weed killer stuff that your dad sprayed on dandelions in your yard? Well, it's actually licensed as an antibiotic and it's actually being used on the majority of our foods by conventional and even some organic farmers. This means that every time we eat foods that have been sprayed with glyphosate, we are consuming antibiotics. So not only are we repeatedly wrecking the diversity in our gut microbiome, but glyphosate has also been linked to liver disease, cancer, hormone disruption, birth defects, infertility, depression, and more. So this is a really big deal. And you're not alone if the glyphosate battle can sometimes feel overwhelming. I totally get it. But instead of feeling helpless, I want you to be informed and empowered. There are brands that are doing the extra work and going the extra mile to provide the glyphosate residue-free certification on their products. One of those brands is Organifi. When you use a scoop of any of the Organifi superfood blends, you can rest easy every time knowing that each one of Organifi's ingredients, whether it's the medicinal mushrooms, adaptogens, or other health-supporting herbs, are carefully sourced from organic farmers who do not use glyphosate. Because I prefer to live my life without chronic disease, I am obsessed with finding foods that are certified glyphosate-free. I do not want this toxic antibiotic in my life or in my body. Being your own best health advocate starts with understanding exactly what is going into your beautiful body. And Organifi makes it so easy for us. My favorites right now are the green, the red, and the gold. 
also known as the Sunrise to Sunset Bundle. To grab this bundle or any of the other glyphosate-free Organifi products, go to Organifi.com and use the code MIMIFIT at checkout for 15% off each and every order. That's M-I-M-I-F-I-T at checkout for 15% off. Or just check the show notes. Remember, once we know better, we can do better. And now, you know. Cheers, boo. I love that. Can you, can you go into a little bit, um, kind of the, the astrology we've, yeah. we've dipped into it just a, a mm-hmm. little bit. You've mentioned Pluto and, 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 uh, some other things, but can you mm-hmm. go into just basics of the value in astrology and why it's important for us to maybe understand about ourselves or others. Can you go into that? Yeah, and, sure. and assume, you know, like, like we've talked about these, the newspaper readings, mm-hmm. you know, the way that we grew up is, yeah, we took a pass. We took a pass through them. We take a look at them. People would make a joke that I'm a Gemini. I didn't totally know what that meant. Yeah. Um, but the, the idea around all of this, especially from how we grew up in the evangelical church was, uh, you read any one of those things and it'll feel applicable to you. Yeah. That's the general. That they're vague enough they're that vague they can enough. meet anyone, but they're also specific enough where you feel like, oh, they really get me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's perception in that yeah. one, right? <laughs> we, and we see what we need to. Yeah. But to your point, yeah. Um, so general astrology, I, I, let me first start. I think that people don't understand how complex astrology is as a system. And it's, you know, again, the quotes, the air quotes, it's a pseudoscience, Right. So in other words, it's, it doesn't it doesn't hold up to, um, you know, the um, scientific. What is the word I'm looking for? Hypothesis. Yeah. The sci- scientific method. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Gemini, I point to you. Um, the scientific method. And so therefore it can't be science. Um, but what people generally know about astrology is just their sun sign. And there are 10 planets. The sun and the moon are actually luminaries, but we'll call them planets for the sake of ease. There are actually 10 planets in your birth chart, in your horoscope. And each of those planets is in a certain sign. And so the compilation of who you are as an individual is basically a snapshot of the heavens at the moment that you're born. Mm. And astrology is your, your, in your birth chart is dependent upon the time and the location of birth, which basically creates the construct of what your birth chart is called. Most people know their sun sign because the sun stays in a particular sign for 30 days. And, and it is, there is a generality to it. Absolutely. Um, but there, when you start to understand the complexities of those other signs, so for example, when somebody comes to see me, like, or people that just are interested in themselves, they'll look up their moon sign and we are essentially like the masculine and the feminine. We are our sun and moon and that sun and moon sign, just the description alone really, um, encompasses the essence of who you are, Mm. your, your emotional self, and then your process of becoming your energetic self. And so if, if, if we were taught that at the beginning, there would be less poo-pooing of astrology because it would feel more um, personal to us. Mm. So the, the planets themselves represent certain behavioral qualities. So the sun represents our essence, who we are. And even in that um, vague sense or the general sense of I'm a Virgo, you're a Leo, you're a Gemini, you're still in the process of becoming. You're not born into and suddenly you qualify for all of the beautiful attributes of the sign. You are growing into it as you're growing into everything. The moon represents the feminine or your emotional life, the hidden part of you and what you come out of. Mm. And so it's your 
childhood and it's beyond childhood too. It's what you're bringing into this world. And so this is something that's a little bit more subtle in Mm. us, but it represents on a basic level what we need to feel safe how we self-soothe, how we feel most comfortable in Mm. ourself. And then that sun is what we do. The other planets, the basic planets, are what are called personal planets, Mercury, Venus, and Mars, represent how we see the world, how we learn, how we synthesize information. And you think about that, right? Like the beginning of our life, how do we come to know things? We learn. We, have, we develop a language. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we have peers. We are told things. So we process the world we perceive through our mind, and that's Mercury. And whatever sign Mercury is in at the time that you're born then describes the style by which you communicate, Mm. by which you understand the world. And just to segue a little bit, so when the two of you came in and we were talking about, you know, your charts individually, we often assume that that we communicate the same in relationships, right? And everybody has a different communication style. So understanding that some people communicate through logic and through the mind and they want to talk about the facts, where other people are more subjective, they need to feel things through. Mm -hmm. They can't put into word. They might need to put into metaphor how they feel. When you get two people in a relationship that communicate differently, you there is an expectation that they should understand me yeah and so understanding these nuances helps to you know understand people venus then represents what we desire what pleasure is for us and and what we crave in the world mars is how we apply our energy and then and so on and so forth so these other planets then all of these planets work together in our birth chart to describe the way that we function in the world Mm. i like to say from like a um, psychological perspective because that's the kind of astrology that i practice is psychodynamic astrology is that this is sort of a the character assessment, if you will, but it also describes the themes that we come into the world with. It's a blueprint. Mm. And, you know, they, they often say, like, kids don't come with a blueprint, but they actually do. <laughs> they actually do. Mm. And if you understand the, um, the secrets in, in your birth chart, it helps you make sense of your life. And that's what was so fascinating to me because – there's, I think often we're, we're in the world and we're like, why, why is this my life? What happened? Like it helps make meaning of things. And so when I was able to really read, which that's the word we use, read my chart, it was like, holy shit. (laughs) No wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how we felt, you know, meeting with you, you not having any prior knowledge Mm -hmm. um, outside of our, our birth date and time. Um, and immediately picked up, especially for me, one that hit home. So, so deeply was, uh, the relationship with my mother mm-hmm. and the relationship with the feminine and how that has played out in my life through 30 years. Yeah. And, uh, that, yeah, like, like you're speaking, it's, it's, it's a blueprint and it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. I know, I know, babe, you, you similarly had a, yeah. a few like, bam, that, that completely anchors. There were moments in our session together where I was just like floored and it, it wasn't like you were, um, some like fortune teller reading anything. It was the, the way that I, it felt to me was um, like a blueprint was you were reading to me, but also it was mixed with some level of like, it was therapeutic. Yeah. It felt like you weren't just someone that was reading facts to me. Oh, Venus is here. This is here. Mars is here. This is what it's doing. It was like you were able to interpret it and also offer insight. And I don't want to say therapy for me, but it was, it was therapeutic Mm -hmm. and that was just so amazing. And one of the things that 
really um, that I came away with that was so uh, significant for me was when I shared a little bit about my um, my childhood and that I had bounced around from house to house. I I have a product of um, blended, you know, families and I never really had a home. I moved 20 something times. I never felt like I had a home base ever. And I I still to this day would say the same thing. Like I don't really have a home and you picked up on that immediately and you pointed to Chase and he, you said like, he's your home, Mm. he's your home. And that is something that's always felt true to me in my soul. I met him when I was, you know, 16 years old and we've been with a a small break uh, a few years ago, but we've been together ever since. And I realize now because he has felt like home to me. And that was something that was so strong because it's almost like I've had this weird, like it's an insecurity for Mm -hmm. me. Like, yeah, I don't really have a home. Mm. Kind of like a a stray dog or something like that where I'm just like bouncing Mm. around. Even here, like this is Chase's condo, whatever. It's a little bit of an insecurity. And that was therapy in the way that like I don't have to feel insecure about it because he, he, his soul is my soul's home. Yeah. And I think even, you know, adding to that, thank you. Thank you for saying that. I think even adding to that, it's, it's your perception of him that's home Mm -hmm. and your perception changes over time. Right. And so, you know, to, to bring, to put it back on, on you, you feel safe. You allow yourself to feel safe and it's proportionate to the level of intimacy that you allow yourself with you and then with him. Yes. Mm. And it's just, it's so powerful, right? Absolutely. Beautifully put. Absolutely. I will echo that. And the, the moments where I was, uh, furthest away from self-love that I could be was yeah. the moments where I was furthest away from, you know, love in our relationship. Yeah. Love, love. Where, yeah. yeah. Just love. Just that's love. It. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, you're a Leo, is. so that's it. It's yeah. just, it's all about <laughs> love. And, and I think that, you know, the astrology chart is also such a wonderful map of consciousness in that, and this is often a debate that comes up. So do we have free will or is this all predetermined in, in your chart? Is this what's going to happen? And, you know, I, I try to stray away from anything that's this or that, just like, is it nature versus nurture? And, and I think that there are, you know, the astrology chart suggests predispositions to things, mm. but you don't know whose chart you're reading. I could be reading my dog's chart. I could be reading a nun's chart. Mm. And, and at that, you know, if I'm reading during a time where there's something called transit, so that's the predictive side of astrology or, you know, the forecasting, if I'm talking to a nun and I see that there is a very fertile time coming up, what that might indicate a birth, you know, that nun is going to say, well, I'm celibate. So the birth then becomes the metaphor, becomes Mm -hmm. the language of that. And Mm -hmm. equally so, you know, that's the art of astrology is the ability to intuit what the symbols say and, Mm -hmm. and leave it flexible enough that it will it will pull in all potentials for that person. And so I think that it's the the predetermination. I mean, there is karma, right? And if we understood what our karma was and and in the truest form of what karma means, again, not good or bad, but rather leftover business, unfinished business that we have, like what a beautiful way, what a beautiful path to say like, then, I mean, it really makes us like anything that we go through in our life is for the highest good then. Even during those darkest Mm -hmm. times where we self-destruct, and I had a lot of self-destructive moments in my life. And when I look at my horoscope, 
Of course I did. I mean, I won't go into the aspects of it because it won't make sense right now. But, you know, the tendency for me to self-destruct, the tendency for me to favor the darkness is very strongly indicated in my chart. And I first needed to blow myself up so that I could hold space for those, Mm. for others that are Mm. also in that place. The nature nurture of, you know, growing up with parents that weren't, weren't present for me, it, it encouraged me to be present for myself, mm-hmm. but not without going through the darkness of not being present for myself. Right. So there is no right or wrong then. Yeah. Right. Everything is a part of our journey. And mm. that's, I think, what making meaning is the most important thing in our lives. That's the greatest gift that we have is that we get to give our life meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so going back, I'm going to completely bro this out real quick. Bro it out. Um, <laughs> going back to the nun example. Yes. Um, <laughs> as you uh, look at this beautiful woman's chart and you're speaking to her and, and talking about how this could be a, a time frame of uh, birth or life. And, and she laughs and says, uh, you know, I'm, I'm never having sex uh, on this on this earth. <laughs> and, uh, but instead... <laughs> Like you're saying, to, to use this metaphorically, mm-hmm. you, would, you would say something along the lines of, uh, that's fine. Where else could there be new life yes. in, in your... What are you uh, giving birth what to? What are you giving birth mm-hmm. to? What yeah. are you taking on? Okay. What's okay. growing out of you right now? Yeah. What is gestating in you? And, you know, even what's interesting in, you know, in an astrology chart too, like celibacy, you know, it, there's a lot of signatures in a chart that might suggest celibacy. And, you know, think about what that might be a side effect of. That could be a side effect of trauma. That could be a side effect of religious devotion. That could be a side effect at, of, you know, the, the spiritual journey. But sort of understanding, like, how that unfolds for a person is it's the why for them. Mm. Like, what mm. is the why for you? And, and again, like, I think the other thing I love about astrology is it helps us ask ourselves questions. Mm. And maybe without needing answers. And and most of the time people come to me because they want answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I try to teach them gently through this is that the questions are always more important than the answers. Mm. Because when you open yourself to the questions, everything is an answer. Yeah, yeah. It, it really seems to me like you're, you're getting t- attuned to the changing winds to a certain degree yes. and you're setting your sail accordingly based on where those winds can, can take you instead of fighting against the wind, you know, you can leverage something like astrology to set your sail correctly such that you can maybe a little effort, more effortlessly, maybe a little more, you know, bang for your buck when it comes to this life experience by setting your sails in tune with uh, the direction of the wind. Oh, Chase, I'm going to steal that. Mm, <laughs> Gemini yeah. Cancer, you, 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 right got, you had the water element in there, <laughs> sailing. Let's go. I will definitely be using a Chaseism. <laughs> I yes. usually use a bridge analogy. If the bridge is out, don't you want to know the bridge is out? You'll go another way, but that is that is gone today. Let's go. All right. <laughs> Thank that. you. Thank you for that. But no, you're right. And and I think that that's, the, uh, the, that's our evolution of consciousness, right? And that, you know, a lot of times we have awarenesses. People, are, I'm, I'm so aware. I'm aware. But then there's no change. Yeah. Right. And change is the work. And that's mm-hmm. the, that is what an astrology chart also helps us is what are your strengths? <laughs> what are your resources? How mm-hmm. do you transform what might be shameful, what you might feel is bad or wrong? How do you transform or transmute that into your greatest gift? Right. You know, you talk about that, that feeling of not, of the, not having self-love. 
and not having love. Well, you have to experience that side of it to really fully understand it and embody it. And so we have to go through the darkness Mm -hmm. in order to claim the treasure. And, And looking at an astrology chart will help you determine where, where are you right now? What initiation are you going through in your life? What is the invitation to growth and how can I help you? How can I help you help yourself? That was the resounding feeling coming away from, you know, I had no idea really what to expect when we came in for our session with you. I knew it was going to be great because I know you're great, but I I didn't know what to expect. And I I loved that. Mm -hmm. Um, And what came out of it was, uh, was you, you put things out on the table, um, you know, lots of questions. You, you posed questions to us and I could feel myself wanting to ask you questions like, what should I do? What should Mm -hmm. I do? Should I do this or should I do Mm -hmm. this? And you beautifully like kind of, uh, you didn't deflect, but you also like kind of put it back on me to like, well, this is something that you need to figure out in this. Yes, Mm -hmm. it could be this, but it also could be Mm -hmm. this. And, um, I, I loved that aspect that it was, it was introspective and you, you, you kept asking us questions on questions and, um, that was so wonderful. Can you go into mm-hmm. um, maybe some misconceptions, mm. some myths around astrology mm. that you would want to like clear the air for people, maybe from like pop culture or mm. just, you know, the average person on the street, what they know about it, um, maybe in the way of like what astrology can provide and maybe what it what it mm-hmm. doesn't provide. Yeah, I think we touched on some of those. Some, some of the misconceptions is that, you know, astrology is reduced to your sun sign. There's so much more to that. Another um, misconception is that certain signs should be with certain signs. Mm. And, you know, as you both know, there was a lot, there's a lot of ingredients in your chart. So how we mix ingredients to develop recipes or the alchemy is something that you can't just determine based on sun signs. So that's a misconception as well. Um, I think that... I, I will tell you a quick funny story. So I was living with this roommate at the time, and she took me to the Rock Church. It was her church. And I was mm-hmm. like, sure, I'll go. It's like the Rock Church. Like, you know, and the pastor is really good looking. So, <laughs> I, so I went, and I shit you not, the, the, he's doing his, his sermon, and what comes up is – on this big screen is astrology is the devil's work. <laughs> oh my god! And she looks at me like, oh, so sheepish. And I'm, and I just kind of smile at her. Like, you know, it was, it was perfect. It was what, you know, I was, I was meant to sit there so that, and I mean, this is, I don't know if you know the rock church, but it's I a, we've been, we've yes, been there. it's a huge <laughs> congregation. Uh, and so the brainwashing that's happening in that moment comes out of fear. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't need to, you know, I, shake my fist, although I would have stood up in that area and said, like, I, I challenge you on that because yeah. I like to debate. Yeah, oh, I love um, you. But, that, <laughs> but that, you know, that a lot of misconceptions come out of fear. And what people don't know, they tend to fear. And so then they tend to judge. And, and so I think that that's one of the misconceptions is that since they don't know it, they judge it as it being, you know, it's fake or this isn't true or it's too general or vague. But anybody that, that actually comes to have a session with me or any good astrologer will soon see that it is like single session therapy. I mean, I have been told time and time again, you got out of me in one session what I've been working on for three years in mm. therapy. And so there's, but there's also the misconception that, you know, astrology is going to tell you when you're going to die and tell you when you should be getting, well, doesn't it say in my chart when I'm going to be getting married? When am I going to be meeting my person? Will I ever have children? 
this is this is a language of allegory it's a language of metaphor it can't tell you anything in particular right symbols are open to interpretation signs tell you things yeah um and so i think that's another misconception as well and i i want to say though just for um listeners or people that have a a knowledge of astrology so there's a another set a system of astrology called vedic astrology and vedic astrology actually does more endorse that it can predict time of death Mm. how you die that's not my system and that's actually not my philosophy I don't want to know that. Okay. I know that would ruin the mystery sure. if, mm-hmm. in fact, that is true. And, you know, I like facts. I'm actually quite a suspicious person by nature. Uh, so those are some of the myths and, and misconceptions. The, uh, yeah, that's great. You, one of the things that, that definitely stands out to me, you know, I after we were divorced, I went through counselors. Um, I went through in my professional career, I've gone through, you know, business coaches. Mm-hmm. And there's so much like diagnostics run on you as an individual, as a professional um, and so many of them just never landed for me. They never hit home. It never felt like a chord was being struck. And oddly enough, I venture into kind of the woo-woo space um, and get to know these people. And I'm reading Jung and I'm reading mm. Joseph Campbell mm-hmm. and I'm learning about the hero's journey. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the metaphors of Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Luke Skywalker are striking the chords that were never, ever hit yeah. through these very expensive, very... Uh, binary binary type of counselings and um you know therapies even at times Mm. that just landed completely flat with me Mm. and it took it took myth and it took metaphor and um that idea that that i am the hero and and the the metaphors of of death and rebirth Mm. um to really land home and i sensed that similarity with something like astrology and i really do think that even the christian church uh, for people like my mother especially the stories and the myth that's within is so perfect for her mm. and it really does strike the chord for her. Um, maybe not everybody, but there is beauty in those myths and, and those uh, symbols yeah. that can really transform. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's another piece that I, you know, I, I, I mean, integration means it's, it's accepting all and they're the, you know, the stories in the Bible, um, they, they contain, allegory and archetype and those archetypes can be found in other scripture as well Mm -hmm. and they're beautiful and it's how we read them like we see what we need to see Mm -hmm. and and as we grow in consciousness we see differently even when we see the same thing I mean again I learned the tarot cards when I was like 23 and I knew them all but then when I was 33, I knew them all, mm-hmm. you know, it was like yeah. it changes over time. It's, it's not linear. The process of life is not linear. And so there's these great understandings in, in all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think, um, when you were speaking mm. about what is unknown is yeah. fearful. Yeah. There's a lot of that Very going good. on in the world mm-hmm. right now. I think everyone can identify with some level of unknown in the world as it pertains to health and social mm-hmm. rules and regulations and things like that. It can be really scary if you don't really know what's going on. Similar to things like astrology or tarot. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't know what it entails, you're allowed to, uh, think the worst of it. Yeah or be told the worst of it, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the devil's work or whatever. And I think to assume that before you, before you read a book or before you listen to a podcast or before you actually go go get a reading yourself is to resist deeper thought. Yeah. It's, it's easier to claim something as conspiracy theory, Mm -hmm. the devil's work, Mm -hmm. something I shouldn't know about 
Pseudoscience. It's over there. Mm-hmm. It's pseudoscience. Bad. It's not real. It's this, that. It's so much easier. And, and it, it, you resist yeah. the work. Totally. It's, it's something that now I don't have to learn because it's bad. Right. And I mean, that's so narrow, right? And, and you actually, you, you said something really important there, which, um, you know, the reason I think that I was so um, called to this just on a personal note is that, you know, because my life, there was a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of uncertainty now. And this is when we reach for something that tethers us. And this helped make sense of my reality. It helped me feel rooted and grounded in what was going on, that there was meaning at the other side of that mm-hmm. dark tunnel. And so people during times like this, I mean, you know, they're, they reach for something, a system that is going to help them understand. And and since we are on our way out of organized religion, you know, people are are reaching for something that that is more broad, that mm-hmm. encompasses less fear and more possibility. And that's what astrology does mm. for us as well, is it gives us, like you know, you said that like anything can be possible. But if, if which path do I want to take right now is o- often a good question for you, you know, and and I can help you with just determining which path to take by looking at which ones you don't want to take right now. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's also another really important facet of, of astrology or any of these systems really. But, but with that comes personal responsibility and accountability. You know, I, I mean, I have people that, you know, come to me religiously and, and they're only coming to me because they want me to tell them what to do. They're not really taking any personal accountability Mm -hmm. in their life. So I've been seeing them for 10 years and they're, they're stuck in the same pattern well, when am I, well, when am I going to meet that person? And it's like, well, when are you going to meet that person? You know, I'm pointing inward. Yeah. yeah. You know? And are you able to communicate that with them? Like, well, that, that's another thing that I do. I, I'm, I'm constantly assessing a person's level of awareness. Mm. You know that you can't throw pearls before the swine. You, you can't give wisdom to people that can't hear that. Yeah. And so in my assessment of, of how they're going to hear something, I, that's part of my art. I speak to where they are. Mm. And I can speak to where they are and say the same thing over and over again. But if I'm trying to, like, drop some wisdom or metaphysics on somebody that doesn't have ears to hear that, what's the point? Mm-hmm. I'm not doing them a service. I'm, you know, I'm just stroking my own ego. One of the best decisions I ever made for my overall health was getting completely off moldy coffee. If you are on a mission to get to the bottom of mystery symptoms and feel your best in life, this is something you need to know about. I have now lost count of the hundreds of people who tell me they have given up on coffee and caffeine, not because they wanted to, but because they thought they had to, because every time they drink it, they feel shaky, anxious, brain foggy, have skin reactions, or digestive issues. I then explained to them that, my love, you are more likely having a reaction to the mold and pesticides in your coffee, not the caffeine. The sad and shocking reality is that up to 91% of coffee beans used in America are contaminated with mold, not to mention the 42 different chemicals and pesticides sprayed on most coffee beans before they are even harvested. So if you have persistent, unexplained brain fog, sore joints, fatigue, immune issues, or other mystery symptoms, it could be from moldy coffee you are unknowingly pouring into your precious body every day. No pill, no potion is going to help us feel better if we don't first remove the negative stimulus, like the moldy coffee. Here's the great news. If you love coffee, you don't have to give it up. 
Every day I drink delicious, mold-free, pesticide-free coffee that supports my overall health in the best way. It's my Reishi King Coffee. King Coffee is organic coffee mixed with the spores from Reishi mushrooms. This unique and potent combination allows me to enjoy coffee while also supporting my hormones, my immune health, my nervous system, my digestion, my mood, my stress levels, and so much more. If King Coffee was a pop star, she would absolutely be Beyonce potent and divine. If you love coffee, I invite you to ditch the mold and try King Coffee for yourself. It was one of the best decisions I ever made for my health. I can't and won't go back. To learn more about what makes Reishi Spores and King Coffee so unique, you can check out episode number six of this podcast. And to grab your King Coffee, do not buy on Amazon. That is illegal and expired product. Instead, go to themedicine.myorganogold.com and search for King Coffee. You can also just check the show notes or my Instagram bio for a direct link. Bringing you only the best and only what I'm obsessed with. Cheers, boo. Yeah, you see the same thing in kind of the health and wellness space all the time when it comes to like physical fitness yeah. and people showing up for, to personal trainers, not making any progress, wanting to be told what to do. Um, however, neglecting the importance of actually being able to listen to your own body to know mm-hmm. exactly what you need. Yeah. The trainer will give you the, pr- the program, but it may not ever be perfectly custom until that individual finds truly what their body needs within themselves brings that to the 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 trainer or the uh, fitness coach such that they can collaboratively together customize something that is unique for them yeah and you're talking about like something that's progressive that is in its growth oriented Mm -hmm. and that's what i think too i mean i have you know clients that come back to me like years later after they've listened to you know the um, recording and they're like i couldn't hear it at the time but i hear Mm. it now Mm. i'm ready to go there like now let's go one step deeper and that's beautiful to me you know to be able to support somebody on their journey um through consciousness yeah. is that, that to me, get, it's affirming, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I love that, you know, with people, when they have sessions with me, oftentimes I, I hear, well, you didn't really tell me anything I didn't know, but you certainly affirmed something that I've thought about mm-hmm. and not been able to share. And that's what it is. This isn't, you know, fortune telling. Yeah. It's just, I'm a mirror yeah. and I will mirror back what you need to see in yourself. I think that's one of the myths, um, pop culture why like astrology and fortune telling kind of get merged into like this weird picture of Mm -hmm. a woman with a crystal ball that Mm -hmm. can like tell you your future and that's not at all what it is and something that Hmm. when you were speaking chase um where is the the merging of okay being exposed to we have some level of okay this is what i am this is my moon sign this is my sun sign and here's where i'm at um where is that merging into intuition where I can know these things about myself Mm -hmm. and maybe I don't need to see Adrian Mm -hmm. every other month. Mm -hmm. I can, I can take these concepts into my own and, and, um, and go into the world. Is there some level of like, you're trying to work yourself out of a job with your clients. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where does that? Well, I, th- I think that's a good. So, so the foundational part of an astrology session is the birth chart, and you know, I, I think there it's so rich that you you can't really cover it in you know one session, and our attention span is not going to allow for the hours that you could you could actually sit down and have a trip 
mm. you know, through this. And so I think the coming back is also somebody that wants to go deeper into understanding that. But, you know, I, I certainly, I mean, I, I am a, I'm a teacher as well. And so I, I teach very much from a Socratic method. I want to pull out of you what's already there. These are archetypes. Yeah. So if I could get you to embody the experience, mm. then you take it and you go. But the coming back, you know, the, the other part of astrology that, um, that I also do is the predictive form. So the forecasting. And since your, your years are changing, um, you know, there are things, different themes that are happening each year. People often come back for yearly readings because it helps it helps orient them right. on their journey across the water. Yeah. Okay, so it could be something <laughs> that we come and see you at least every year. Oh, yeah. And okay, yeah. Or oh. if somebody's working this, and this is where the coaching aspect comes into it too. You know, I like the word that you use, the diagnostic. Like the the astrology chart helps me with the diagnostics of where they are, and then and then pinpoint what are the things that you want to work on. And if this is what you want to work on, then you know, as as a spiritual coaching that I do, well, then I I help them in that one area of mm-hmm. life. But that kind of help is always about how do I empower you. Because you can't, if you tell somebody what to do, they have no accountability, right? right? There's no responsibility to the change. Whereas if you help somebody embody and Mm -hmm. feel empowered with what to do. There's ownership. Yes, there's ownership. And there's there's creativity. There's creation. Kind of like going back to to what we were talking about um, earlier. Like you get to create this. And when you start from that depth of your soul, like Mm -hmm. it truly does feel like your own. Absolutely. Um, Same thing in fitness. And, And like I'm the kind of person who could write my own programming I know my diet. I know my, my exercise protocols. Like I got them down, but I still go to a trainer, someone I trust. Sometimes it's literally just to have another, uh, human being because I know that, you know, where two or more are gathered in his name, (laughs) even in, even in the gym, uh, is truly, truly Mm -hmm. beneficial. Mm -hmm. And like having that board of directors, that sacred council of individuals in your life, um, that host that wear a a multiple, uh, uh, a diverse set of hats, Mm -hmm so critical for me yeah uh it's not a it's not a an appointment or something that i need to like clear out of my life it's to me a circle a tribe that i'm going to continue on through this life journey with absolutely and and i think that's really well you know as i can lay that down with the with the astrology chart as well you know and and this is what we talked about in both of your readings like there's there are what are called aspects in astrology and those point to where the difficulties lie where your challenges come from and how you you will get caught in them you know Mm -hmm. it, it humans are actually incredibly predictable. They don't change. There's not much variance in terms of their behaviors. We actually get very stuck in our, in themes and in those karmic um, ruts, if you will. And so bringing about change in, in a really radical way often requires an awakening. And those words are, I know those are so like cliche at this moment, but literally that's what's happening. And when you awaken to what your true self is, which is all inclusive and you want some response, responsibility for your life you create your life then and mm-hmm. you are no longer a victim of circumstances mm. yes. but that means then that you can't complain about things yeah. <laughs> you start to be in the solution about things yeah and what else you said too i think that's really important is we aren't islands we need people and so you know just in being witnessed with another person moving through some of these things that come up i mean you saw them that are really intimate that come in, up in a horoscope there's something that is very alchemical in that yeah. as well we just want to be seen mm-hmm. and we want to be seen in our most vulnerable state no we don't yes we do no we <laughs> yes, don't we do. <laughs> right yeah. yeah but it's that and and to be able to sit in that place i mean it's in it so many times people will come in and sit down and just 
automatically start crying and then apologize. I don't know why I'm crying. I don't know why I feel emotional. <laughs> I was crying within right? like five minutes. R- really? And there, but there's an energy. Like, yeah. you know, when you sit down with another embodied person, mm-hmm. oh shit, they see me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and sometimes we've never been seen. Yeah. And it feels yeah. so good to let your shoulder and your arm rest from keeping that mask up on your face oh, for so yeah. long. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, this is me. You're okay with that? You're okay with that? Yeah. Oh, thank I God. Saw, I saw a quote recently that just landed with me, um, and it was something to the, to the effect of, you know, someone asks, why do you cry a lot? And the person answers, well, yeah, I cry a lot, but I also feel a lot. I also sense a lot. I also have a lot of pleasure. Like, I'm, I'm open to more feeling across the board, yeah. and that also comes with crying and and being open and so when you're in that space of like okay this person really sees me um you know my chart and everything and I'm gonna go in there is this openness this surrender but that surrender also opens you up to getting the most out of the experience I think I'm sure you can tell you can sense when someone is closed off and they don't believe that you know anything or that you can sense anything are you Mm -hmm. able to like pick up on that and how do you like absolutely get through that or do you yeah I mean well first of all most of the people that come to me come because they want to others come because maybe they've gotten a gift certificate Mm. and and Mm. they might be a or their you know loved one or friend is dragging them along and I remember I had this quantum physicist physicist that came one time and he just came to you know entertain his girlfriend and he you know as I say to you all my sessions are a dialogue it's a conversation I don't present this information at you. You are not your chart. We are going to talk about how this is evolving in your life. And he said, I will say nothing. I will listen. Wow. And, and you know, the fight or flight mm-hmm. response. Yeah. So in fight or flight, I fight. I don't back down. And so I was like, all right, dude, like, here we go. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm going to tell you. Rolling up the sleeve. Yep, exactly. And so, you know, I, I laid into his chart in a way that I would have had far more grace if we were mm. going to have a conversation because, and I'll say that was a long time ago <laughs> when I was a lot less refined <laughs> and I am aggressive. And so I needed to prove to him, like my ego was like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. You're Mr. Smarty Pants. Bam. And what's interesting is that in that state I don't usually channel, I'm not a psychic, like those words are really loaded for me. But what came out of me was like so specific. I mean, down to like, you have issues with your feet, mm. you know, like, okay, what was I, what was I grabbing at, wow. at that yeah. point? Pisces is what I was grabbing at, by the way. Um, and he just sat there like a poker face, nothing. And you know, I, my stomach is churning and, and then it were, it's done. We're at the end. I went through the whole thing. I went, you know, this is what's happening this year for you. This is what happened back in 1995. There's a common theme. There's this pattern, da, 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 blah, all of that. At the end, you know, he got up and he shook my hand and he was like, I'm astounded. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and I'm headed to the doctor about my foot now. Wow. And I said, wow. were you before? And he's like, yes. And, and for myself, you know, it was, I was also like, holy shit. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I shocked myself. You wow. know, it's the same thing with tarot cards. Like those are supposed to be fortune telling cards. They tell the future. I don't necessarily, I don't like that because I think that it abdicates responsibility. But when challenged and people sit down and they, yeah, but just tell, why don't you tell me the future? I can sometimes do that. And I don't know how. Maybe it is yeah. something that you're channeling. And it I know is. you said that those those are loaded and I, I would agree. Like you, they're not words that you want to use lightly, mm-hmm. um, but certainly you have a gift. Yes. And I think that that's, those are the best kinds of gifts where 
we don't use them all day, every day for every person mm-hmm. in every interaction, but it's like, especially really powerful ones is yeah. like, you want to maybe save them or, or have this like sort of reverence mm-hmm. for them so they can really be felt yeah. by, you know, the, yeah. this, the guy that's stiff in his chair. And yeah, yeah. I, wa- I want to say one more thing to that question though, because I think this is also very important for aspiring astrologers. I, what I hold in my hands is something that's very, very sacred. And for example, what shows up in an astrology chart can be, can point to really traumatic experiences. And, you know, for people that are not, um, that are, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trained, I'm clinically trained in, you know, trauma and trauma informed care. And, and so waving, brandishing around what I know and that I can point to, you know, when you were seven years old, there was a sexual trauma that happened in your life. Like that is something that I take very serious. And if I can feel, you know, if the person doesn't have a therapist, if the person hasn't done any level of, you know, any kind of self-care, that's not something I'm going to bring to their attention. Mm. I mean, how dare I, you know, because after they leave me, they're walking out and they're re-traumatized. And so I, I take what I do very, very seriously. And it's my responsibility to know that this isn't about like the Adrian show. Look what I can prove that I can tell you about you, but to really help you if that's needed. And so having some of those deeper conversations and going into those places is something that I'm very cautious about. And, and, you know, so to your point, when people are guarded, I have to wonder why. Mm. Mm. And if they, if they're not ready to go there, then they know themselves, just like you're saying, you know, in fitness, you know, your body, you know, your psyche. And that's where your, your ability to just read people's energy, not even anything related to their chart per se, before you get there, it's like, I have to read their energy and be, be open to what they're offering me and maybe why. And that kind of segues into my next question Mm -hmm. for you is I'm, I'm sure I know for, uh, I know positively that someone is listening to this and something is sparking in Mm -hmm. them where this is maybe the last sign they needed before they wanted to go, you know, speak to someone Mm -hmm. like you, or maybe they've just, you know, had an interest in it. Is there anything that that person should be aware of as Mm -hmm. they are, um, you know, looking for people to work with, Mm -hmm. maybe it's you, maybe Mm -hmm. it's someone else. Is there, is there things that we should be wary of Mm -hmm. as? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. Generally, I was going to ask similar, like, where do we start? You know, where where do we all start in this? Referrals. I mean, I, I think, you know, getting a good referral for a good astrologer is probably, um, it's probably the way to start because you don't, you don't really know. And like what you said at the very beginning, Mimi, like some astrologers might just sit down and say, your Mercury is in the sign of cancer, which means Mm -hmm. X, Y, and there's all this jargon. They throw Mm -hmm. around a lot of jargon, which the person walks away being like, am I ever going to remember this? Yeah. So I would say, ask somebody, you know, have you had an astrology reading? What did you think of that person? Um, I mean, you can go on Yelp, things like that. But I would say, do a little bit of research and then also know what your intention is. Mm. What is your intention? You know, that's the first question I ask when I do a session with somebody is like, let's set your intention. What do you hope to get from our time together? Yeah, that was great. Because if somebody just, I'm just curious, I want to know more. That's what I'm going to do already. But if somebody has a very specific intention, I want to understand this part of my life, Mm -hmm. then I can focus and give them what they need. And so I think it's important to have an intention and to get a good referral. Yeah, I think that that's, that's great advice. Um, as far as my personal curiosity, mm-hmm. uh, books, like what should mm-hmm. I start with? I'm, I'm so, I want to show up the next time we, we have a oh, session. I want to show up no, like I, a freaking you, Luke you Skywalker. Actually, you, you, you already are my friend, but you say something like if I could 
have the world the way that I wanted it. If I could get my clients to learn this, I mean, I want to teach them. We could have such a richer conversation mm. yeah. because right now I'm the one steeped in archetype and I'm trying to explain it, which yeah. as you said, words fail sometimes. But if you could understand your chart, if I could teach you about the language of your chart, oh my God. Okay, well, let's you're go. talking to two type three achievers right now. Yeah. Give us yeah, some homework. Go. Yes, this is, <laughs> right? this is the kind of stuff All right, that here's I would your do homework. for free in the world. Go to my website. I have online classes. <laughs> I have online beginner classes. Um, so adrianabeta.com, astrology online beginner. I have numerology online beginner, and I have intuitive tarot reading. As far as books are concerned, Man, there's so many, but my, <laughs> one of my favorite basic books is called The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need. That's hmm. a fantastic, it's, it's an older, I guess, at this point. Um, there are probably some really good, more new edition. I just don't read those. So I am actually being schooled by clients a lot of times. Mm. Okay. And I think that there's so much information on the internet that if you find something that speaks to you, I am also a Jungian. So there's, I like the archetype, um, the archetypal aspect of astrology as oh, well. I love that. Mm -hmm. We, we don't watch really Netflix much. Mm. Um, we get into the, you know, some, some Gaia TV occasionally, oh, yeah. but, uh, we're going to sign up for one of these classes and this is going to be some evening, um, Netflix and chill, if you will. Yes. Uh, and then I'm definitely getting this only astrology book you'll ever need. Let's go. This is great. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Before we wrap up mm -hmm. with, the, with the, the last question that we always end with, um, do you work with people virtually? Yes. I know that's going to be a question. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I've been working with people virtually before um, COVID was here. BC, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I have clients all over the world, so, okay. I, you know, so that's definitely Great. something that I do. Um, I, what I used to do a lot of that I'm so looking forward to, you know, AC is, um, it, I used to do classes like in-person classes and I love that. I love teaching astrology. Um, I love teaching tarot. I love teaching all of that. So I'm hoping that this year I will be able to resurrect some of those in-person mm -hmm. classes as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, Perfect. I offer that in, in all ways and, in, in some of the ceremonies that I do too, I love to incorporate, yeah. you know, this into it. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. So if y'all need, you know, following Adrian's advice, we, you know, get a, get a good referral. This is, mm -hmm. your, referral. This is your referral. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in it at all, hit Adrian up yes. and you have a podcast as well, right? I do called soul sessions. Okay. Um, I last year, uh, last year when I probably should have been doing it the most, I kind of, I dropped the ball a little bit on it because there were other, I, rediscovered my art and creativity. Mm -hmm. um, but it is something that there are um, some episodes, um, soul sessions. And it, the way that I broke it up is I actually have clients on that have had have experienced sessions. And then I have other um, conscious collaborators, other people that are doing amazing things in um, in the world. So when I resurrect that, you two will be on as my conscious collaborators yeah, as well. That. And then there are others just wax me waxing poetically on, you know, certain topics in mm. astrology or in the world as well. Love that. Mm. Well, uh, there's, there's definitely more episodes in the future on the medicine podcast with yes. Adrian. So, yeah. uh, yeah. don't worry all of you out there listening. Yes, there will be more. This is a very introductory. We can talk tarot. We can talk yes. numerology. Yes. <laughs> mm. Um, 
Thank you so much for sharing you're all welcome. of that. You're and welcome. I, I want to be mindful of your time. I know you're a busy woman and you have lots of things to do in the world. I don't but like busy. <sighs> you're right. You're Let's, very full. This is, this is my new word for that. <laughs> okay. Like busy. I like, I don't, I don't want to use the word anymore. I'm, I'm very engaged. Mm. I'm very yeah, involved. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be busy. My schedule is very full. It's yeah. very uh-huh. energetic. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> full of life. Yes. Well, um, I'm curious for mm-hmm. you, you know, the medicine podcast is all about disease prevention for body, mind, and relationships. Um, astrology can, can seem like kind of go into all three of those Absolutely. things. But for you mm-hmm. currently, what feels like medicine for your body right now first? Well, being an earth sign, you know, I am body based. So I would say pleasure, Mm. you know, pleasure, uh, responsible pleasure, you know, but (laughs) I mean, movement is really important to me. Um, And I think just, I, I'm very, very conscientious about what I put into my body. I think food is medicine. And Mm -hmm. so that is also, you know, a big part, but I think touch, touch Mm. is very, very important. So I think those Mm. are, and you know, touch from people. I have a lot of animals, so I get a lot of wet kisses (laughs) and a lot of snuggles. And I think for my body, those are probably the greatest forms of medicine. Mm. I love that. What about for your mind? What feels like medicine currently for my mind? I think, you know, some of the plant medicine has definitely been a really good, I, you know, kind of reestablished my relationship after many, many, many years. Um, And it it expands the mind with, by dropping also ego. Mm. And so I'm a thinker. And it's, um, it helps me not be a thinker, but be more of a perceiver. Mm. And then I think the other real medicine for my mind is um, solitude. Mm. Yeah. And, and solitude doesn't mean that I like to be alone, but it doesn't have to be alone, but it, it needs to be with myself. Mm. Oh, I feel yeah. that. Absolutely. So good, yeah. And I think, yeah. man, I think that, um, that's free medicine, just like sunshine, just like breathing yeah. is free medicine that is underrated and yeah. overlooked. Yeah. 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 And I think the other really one, I mean, mind, emotion, you know, um, laughter, Laughter mm. is so incredibly yes. important. Yeah. It's oh probably my, my top medicine, actually. Ugh, that, okay, so I'm going to digress for just yeah. a minute because that reminds me of, you know, um, women who are drawn to the man that makes them laugh. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that our playfulness that is our essence yeah. that, you know, our inner child feminine nature that wants to show through that mm. the man that can make us laugh, like is constantly connecting us. Like, why do you think that is? Why do well, you, why are the, you my thought on that is, I mean, you, you think about like the orgasm, right? And that's a physical orgasm and that is releasing these wonderful oxytocins into our body. But laughter is another form of orgasm mm. and it's a shared experience of endorphins. It's a shared experience of seeing each other at the height of bliss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why we're drawn to that kind of laughter. But then you, you know, as women, when we get together with our sisters and sisterhood, like that laughter mm-hmm. is, it, it weaves together connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a bonding. It is such yeah. a bonding. Yeah. Even just thinking about it, it's like, oh God, <laughs> we're it's all like amazing. smiling. Yeah, I know. Right I know we like want to <laughs> giggle and laugh, you know, and it's breath too, right? Like, yeah. I mean, the, the you have to breathe. Of, you have to breathe. And yeah. when you're laughing, like what's going on in your belly and your, or your organs, it's a massage for that. It's mm. wonderful. Oh, I love that. Laughing is a massage for your Mm. organs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, Breath work is too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't even have to do an ab workout. You just do (laughs) breath work. Oh, seriously. (laughs) What about Mm. for your relationship or relationships? However you want to view that. What feels like medicine? Well, laughter, as we just said, absolutely. Um, But I think, 
I mean, connection for me, there's really about its depth and honesty. And really, you know, I, I have a tribe of women um, that we got really close over, you know, last year with COVID and, um, you know, doing these, these slumber parties and such, like going deep and really being able to hold space for another person to see the shadow and to call that out and to still say, like, I love you and you really fucking irritate me, you know, like, <laughs> and, to, and to be seen, like, oh my yeah. God, like you see this part of me and we can be together. And I mean, you know, in, in my, my marriage, I think our connection, the, re- the medicine for our relationship is just, it's complete honesty, mm. you know, and, and just really like the reverence for one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's behind that honesty, I, I can assume it's what we, we strive for is love always. Oh yeah. It's not manipulation or selfishness or whatever. So that honesty is backed with the showing up as love so then the person can take it in with love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's, I think like even that word is so metaphorical because like that, that's all there really is, is love. Right. You know, like it's not a one thing. We don't have to aspire. We just have to allow. And that, Mm. that's all that is, is love. That's so true. Oh, Mm. beautiful. That's a good mic drop spot. God, this has been so good. I know. Seriously, I don't want it. I don't want it to end. <laughs> but uh, we're leaving more to be desired for sure. Um, you mentioned your your website. Yeah. Um, is Instagram also a good place yes, for people to connect yes. with Instagram you? Instagram is great. So Adrian Soul Sessions. Um, and, you know, I, I will write up things. I have a tarot forecast that I do monthly. So if you subscribe to my newsletter, um, that comes out monthly. And my classes are on my website. And it's the best way to probably get me. Awesome. Thank you Incredible. so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much. For shining your light on us yeah. and our listeners. I know they felt it. So and much I, more to come, too. Yeah. Let's so, go. Yep. Yay. Thank you so much You're for welcome. being here. All right, you guys. I hope, I know, I know this brought you um, a ton of value and intrigue. Um, I would say dig into it. If this nudged you in any way, dig into that nudge. Absolutely. And as Adrian just said, just allow it and see what happens. And yeah. and going into your life today, tomorrow, and with the thought of I'm creating this mm-hmm. and, and what do I want to create, I think is such an important mm-hmm. thought for all of us to go into our day and our lives. Um, so with that, I hope you have an amazing day. Go spread some light. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. And if you have a recommendation for a podcast guest or topic, you can always email themedicinepodcast at gmail.com. Remember, there's no E at the end of medicine. And let us know your big idea. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, cheers, boo.